We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean, let's let's transition into the uh, the ACC predictions, and we're going to kind of work through this somewhat quickly because we're now we're already a couple hours into this, and I do want to get to some questions. So if you you have some good questions, there are some questions in there that are already good that we'll get to, but I really want to work through the ACC because I think this is going to be a fascinating year. Because here's my t- general take on the ACC, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. There are still some really bad teams in the ACC, like. I would argue that no conference has more bad teams in the ACC. Well, since you put it that way. (laughs) But I have a but. I have a but. But I actually see a lot of teams ascending in that conference above those crap teams. Mm -hmm. I think BC is ascending. The the longer Jeff Halfley stays and recruits to BC, they will continue to get better and better and better. I think Florida State is ascending. I I really do – I think this is a make or break year for Mike Norvell. I think they're going to bounce back. And I think we started to see some glimpses of that last year, Sean, where, you know, I honestly thought after the Jacksonville state game that they were going to implode and they started to, they lost the next two games against Wake Forest. They got pounded. Then they lost to Louisville, but they went five and three down the stretch and had some good wins. They beat Syracuse. They beat North Carolina on the road. They beat Miami. They beat BC on the road, and even their losses were competitive. I mean, they comp- they lost by 10 to Clemson, but they competed. They competed in a road loss to Florida. I actually saw some fight in Florida State last year, and I hadn't seen fight in Florida State in a long time. And so they, I thought they were – I thought Norvell was done after they lost to Jacksonville State. And then followed up with two more. I said, he's done. He's yeah. done. He has no chance. But that team rebounded and went five and three down the stretch. Yeah. And that showed me something. Yeah. So I think they're ascending, and he's recruiting well. He's not recruiting great, but he's recruiting enough. Louvs and Travis Hunter crushed his class last year, but it was still a good class. Uh, I think Louisville's got some talent. I think Miami has finally got good coaching. They're ascending. North Carolina making the defensive change is huge for them because they've actually recruited well. They just haven't been coached for crap under, under Jay Bateman. They just were horribly, horribly coached. I think Virginia Tech made a really good hire this offseason in, in Brent Pry. I think that was a really good hire. And and so, I mean, they're just – I see some teams that I'm like, you know what, I think this team is ascending. And I think NC State is going to be good again this year. So I think th- I think they got a great quarterback coming back. Their defense brings back a lot of guys. they got some pr- some players in the perimeter. So I think that there is a big gap between the top and the bottom of the ACC – but what's going to be different this year than in past years, I think there's better teams at the top than there has been the last couple. Where it was Clemson, a bunch of hot trash, a couple of okay teams, and then really a lot more hot trash, yeah, yeah. right? And and there this year, I, I mean, there's no – Clemson's not going to be Clemson that they were a couple of years, you know, a few years ago, but they're, they're going to be good, yeah. right? They're not the – they're descending as a program from what their, their peak was, but they're still going to be a good football team. And I really think NC State, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, there's a lot of teams that are 
climbing up that I think it's going to make it a competitive year in the, in the Big East and I think or in the ACC. And I'm predicting that we're going to see some ACC sub upsets this year, meaning we're going to see some ACC teams go play teams early in the season and get some dubs that people are not expecting. And that's what I think is going to, it's going to, so you're going to see this, the reputation of this conference change. I just hope that none of those dubs are against Notre Dame, yeah. but we're going to see them go out of conference and get some dubs this year that I think are going to, going to surprise some people. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I can say one thing. That Clemson defense is going to be really good, yo. Front seven is. Front seven yeah, 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 yeah. There it goes. I mean, it's, but it's similar to yeah. what we talked about with Georgia. Like, mm-hmm. yo, that front seven is going to be really good. And then if you can stalemate the front seven, you you have access to that yes. defense. You yes. have access to the secondary. And I would argue Georgia had better talent in the secondary than Clemson will have too. To, to, to build on your point, like the individual talent in uh, Georgia. Well, the NFL better. draft tells yeah. you that with Lewis right. and the guys that went. And you'll see Keely Ringo be a top pick this year, barring right. injury. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, but your point stands is I don't care how good you are, Sean. You can't cover all day. No. All you have to do is stalemate. You don't have to yeah. dominate them. Stalemate, get the big plays, and like you said, then you have to adjust. DBs have to back off. Now you start to implement your run game and do other things. But, you know, I've told you this, not as much. I don't know if it's really apples to apples. My only, the only thing that makes me leery about NC State, I know you question the coaching. That's it. Yeah. A little bit. You question the coaching. And I've pointed out the situation for Devin Leary is kind of similar to Sam Howell and losing. Mm-hmm. Losing a key, some key linemen, yeah. losing running backs. But losing the number five was a number five overall pick, number yes. four overall pick. That's considered yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, okay. losing running backs just like Sam Howe did. Right. And, uh, you know, some new guys that you right. have to work into the offense at the skill position. Can he handle it? Right. You know, will the defense, you know, play well enough to allow them to build up a lather Get in you got nine, like what nine, ten starters coming back off their back defense. On, that's yes. the thing that helps them. Yes, that's yeah. going to be the thing that helps them in a tremendous yeah. difference. Yeah, from what our guy had to deal with down in Chapel Hill with his yeah. defensive coordinator. Yeah, like we don't even need to get into that. Yeah, I think no, Tony Gibson's a good defensive coordinator. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, He's I think coach. schematically early on, they played better. Yeah, as the season went on. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like I saw a fight from them defensively specifically, I think they fought against Notre Dame. They just didn't have the, the, the talent. And Are you talking about that, Florida State? I'm sorry. Florida, I think Florida State. I thought you were still talking about NC State. I'm sorry. Their defense coordinator is not no, Tony Gibson. My bad. No, North Carolina is who I was talking oh, about. Oh, North Carolina? Yeah. yeah. No, they, they – Jay Bateman's teams never fought. Never they, never they never not fought, yeah. in my opinion. It was never yeah. that. Like, I, with, I mean – I, I bash the guy, right? I, I give yeah. him a lot of stuff. It was never about a lack of toughness with them. Mm-hmm. It was they were horribly coached and schemed. Yes. Horribly coached and schemed. But they played hard, to your point, Sean. Correct. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were still talking about NC State. No, no. my bad. And if you yeah. if you watch them, they played hard. They yeah. just, like you said, the yeah. scheme, everything. 
mistap bad form bad but form they've recruited form. well that's the they thing have. and this is where i disagree I, ryan and i have had some disagreements about north carolina because i think their talent level is a lot better than people think it's just it, they were not put in position to be successful they remind me a lot of notre dame and i and and this is the art like I predicted Notre Dame to bounce back with the 10 win season in 2017 when I predicted them to not be good in 2016. The reason my, my argument was they don't, it was never a talent problem. It wasn't a talent problem in North Carolina. And I'm not saying they should have a 13 point per game defense, Sean, but they should have been way better than what they were based but on Matt, talent alone. Matt Brown historically has been able right. to recruit that's no that doubt defensive line, no doubt, specifically. At North Carolina. Yeah. And they've recruited several four-star guys, yeah. you know, that I liked on film. I'm four-star only takes you so far, but guys I liked on film. Yeah. So to me, you know, they've gotten better. So let's let's jump into this, Sean. Let's jump into our predictions, and we'll just kind of go once which, quickly which, one uh, at a time. Which we part? Both, I mean, let's go Atlantic first. Let's go Atlantic okay. first. We both agree Clemson is still the class of the ACC. Oh, absolutely. Last year was a bad year for Clemson, and they still went 10-3 and three, and still beat – the you know one of the teams that played in the ACC championship game, yeah. Wake Forest, convincingly. So I I have Clemson number one. I, mm-hmm. I don't again. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're going to lose to Notre Dame. I could see them dropping a second game this season, but I still think Clemson is a is a really good football team. I, I think between between NC State at home, at BC, at Florida State, and 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 Miami at home, they'll lose one of those games. Okay. They'll lose a conference game. They'll lose to Notre Dame. They're going to be a really good 10-2 and two team this year. Um, I think their defense is going to be elite. I still think they got major problems on offense. And their receiving core is banged up. Troy Salato is out for the year. Bo Collins is banged up. EJ Williams is banged up. It, it, they've really got one running back I think is really good. And their offensive line is just, yeah. You know, now if their first year offensive line coach can get them going, maybe that'd be fine. But, and I don't have a lot of faith in DJ Uyunglele. I always cannot say that name correctly. I can't do the L's. I can't roll the L's like that. But I just don't think they're going to be that team. And I think that number one, I think Notre Dame is a bad matchup for them. I really do. But I also think they've really had a hard time with BC the last couple of years. Yeah. And, if BC can get their line going at all, that's the only thing that concerns me about BC is you lost all five of your offensive linemen and you're going mm-hmm. against the best defensive line. Best defensive football. line college football. Yeah. That's the big fear there. But, you know, then at Florida state, NC state, I would say at wake forest, but I think that's a bad wake forest just doesn't match up well against Clemson and no. Sam Howell's. I mean, not Sam Howell, but Sam Hartman's out for now. We don't know if he's going to be back or not. So I think they go 10 to two, but I think one of their losses is at a conference to Notre Dame. And yeah. so I, I got Clemson still being the cream of the crop in the in the Atlantic Division and and winning the I think they'll also win the conference championship overall in the title game. So yeah. you got Clemson number one, Sean, as well, correct? Absolutely. Who you got go number through, two? Go, go through yeah. yours and then I'll okay. just say. So I got I got Clemson number one. Mm-hmm. I got NC State number two. I know they lost their tackles, but their interior linemen come back. They've got two of their best receivers coming back. They've got they've had some grad transfers. They got 10 starters coming back on a defense that was, for the most part, pretty good last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Devin Leary fan. I think Devin Leary is an excellent quarterback. He's a winner. Here's the rub for them. Here could be their kryptonite, Sean. Devin Leary's had some injury problems in the past. And when he doesn't play, they are a completely different football team. So assuming Devin Leary stays healthy this year, they're my number two in the Coastal. I actually have Florida State three. And I know this might surprise some people, but they got a lot of kids coming back. I think that the schedule sets up. It's not like it's an easy schedule, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely a a more manageable schedule than like BC, for example. Like I could see BC being the better team, but not having a better record. And the reason I say that is, is that when you look at BC, they got to play at Virginia Tech, at Florida State, at Wake Forest, at NC State. Like, that's a brutal non – that's a brutal, like, road schedule. And then they get Clemson at home, right, which isn't a given win. So I actually think BC is going to be the better team talent-wise, but I think Florida State plays higher because, you know, Florida State doesn't have an easy schedule either, but they don't have to play – they don't – like, they play Clemson at home. They play at NC State. They get Louisville on the road, but they got BC at home, Wake Forest at home, Georgia Tech at home. They play Miami on the road. They play Syracuse. So 
I think that that is, that is a little bit better schedule, and I think it sets up nicely. I think they're going to beat LSU in week two, or in week one, I should say, because they play Duquesne in week zero. Uh, but I think that they're they're going to – I think if they beat LSU, so part of – just so you know, my, my prediction is based off them beating LSU. And I know LSU doesn't have anything to do with their record in the ACC, yeah. but I think it's a confidence builder. If they beat LSU, I think that gives that team that's just kind of – teetering on okay we think we're good but we're not sure and if you go out and get beat by LSU it's, then drop them down to sixth that's my prediction if LSU beats Florida State Florida State finishes fifth or sixth in the conference I'm predicting they're going to beat LSU that gives them a lot of confidence and then they're going to go off and have a nice run I think they're going to be at least an eight win team this year eight nine so win team Casey, you're going to say Norvell is going to out coach them for two consecutive years pretty much yeah well played well played there you go uh BC is my four I have Wake at five because you take Sam Hartman off that football team. They're a different football team. Like, I think Sam Hartman's overrated on a national scale. I think people I'm like the top 10 quarterback. I don't see that. Yeah. But he is absolutely the key to their offense. He makes that thing go because he's a runner and a throw. He's a really good run throw quarterback. They've got talent. A.T. Perry's a really good player. But I just don't think they can win without him at quarterback. Yeah. And their schedule's not exactly easy. I got Louisville sixth. And I have Syracuse seven, and I think this is it for Dino. I, I like Dino Babers. I've heard, I've heard. I was was, talk, was it you? I was talking about Sean. Yeah. Saying like one of the reasons they've kept him around is because he's very well respected. He's a good very guy. He's well involved respected. in a lot of different things. Yeah. But at some point in time, you got to stop finishing in the basement of your conference to keep your job at a place with the the football tradition that Syracuse does have. Yeah. And they've got some good football tradition. I was actually watching the game the other day with. Notre Dame game in 92 when they were showing highlights of Syracuse. And you remember, Mar- I mean, we all know about Donovan McNabb. Right. But Marvin Graves was a great quarterback back in the day. They've got a good football tradition, and you can't just keep finishing last. That 10-3 and three season from a couple years ago is kind of you, – you've you you've now run out of using that as your, your grace to, to keep going. To jump in right here, mm-hmm. and we'll probably – man, this might be great to talk about next week. Other teams' ascensions that have hampered certain teams in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Once Alabama and Nick Saban started invading New Jersey, New York, getting those players that most people in that area, in the Boston area, what Notre Dame is going right now in 23 mm-hmm. and 24, those kids were going to Syracuse. You know, they were getting the Dwight Freenies and um, I forget the safety. This kid, oh man, they had a great safety there that was there right after Donovan McNabb. But they were getting those guys, you know, under McPherson and uh, yep. what was that Pascaloni? Pascaloni. Pascaloni. Yep. There was it there after that. So now you know an area that they thought oh, this is our little hub that we can get our players from. You know, you had the elite programs invading that and starting to take the top right. players. That starts to impact your program, and if you never recover yeah. from it. And they used to go down to Florida a lot, yeah. and they haven't had the same success in Florida getting those underrated athletes that they no. used to have. Yeah. And, you know, so that, so they're, they're going to have to get it figured out. So, Sean, what is your what is your ranking for the Coastal or, or the Atlantic? Are we still on this? Are we kind of pretty much close? Yeah, I, one, two. What's your yeah, – I think three to five. What's your three to five? I think that's really where we might have some difference. I think, yeah, the top two, only the problem, like I said, I have with, you know, I'm just North Carolina State, just, man, seeing how the defense holds up and making sure the offense is able mm-hmm. to hit their rhythm uh, and Devin Leary staying uh, healthy. Uh, you talked about Florida State being able to jump Wake Forest. I agree with that wholeheartedly. If Hartman is healthy, I just think their system is their system, and they have certain teams in the ACC that pretty much are kryptonite to what they do and their style of play. They'll be they'll have a shot if they're healthy to be the third best team. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in Florida State. Yeah. Because of what you mentioned. Sean, like, it's yeah, gonna be third or sixth, though, right? Like I just yeah. don't see them finishing fourth or fifth. They're either gonna yeah. make that move or they're yeah. gonna collapse. I mean, I think they got a better shot at finishing seventh than they do finishing fourth. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like they're gonna collapse or they're gonna be really good. Yeah. In my like compared to what they've been, I should say really. Good. I'm gonna show some love, right? And this goes back to Jeff Hatley and his ability. They have to be able to rush the passer. They yeah. were awful. Yeah, they were awful. And they returned some people on defense, but 
if they don't get better, returning guys better, aren't that good. Right. That's my, yeah. you know, did yeah. you hear that Ohio State? <laughs> you can return whomever you want to return it, but they're, they're not that good. I'll leave it at that. But no, Boston College, I, I have so much love for their skill position players and their quarterback. They're going to put up points on most teams in the ACC. Mm-hmm. When they get into those big games where they're not going to be able to dominate offensively mm-hmm. like they might against everyone else, right. is that defense good enough to kind of just keep them in the game and give Zay Flowers and give Fields yeah. an opportunity to make plays in the fourth quarter? That's going to be the big yeah. question. But I think because of those guys, I think they're – man – if they talking, had a different schedule, upset. Sean, yeah. yeah. If yeah, they yeah. had a di- – that's my only – five starting offensive linemen gone yeah. and the schedule. that Like, honestly, at Virginia Tech, at Florida State, at Wake Forest, at NC State, like – and then Clemson at home. Like, that's a that's a rough conference schedule. Mm-hmm. If that – if he – if he – I mean, my th- if they win nine, ten games this year, Sean, I'm – Voting for him for coach of the year, but you here's the deal though. It's it's if Phil is what we think he so like part of my projection of BC fourth is I'm trying to not make this about Phil, but I'll say this: if Phil Dracovic is the player that I think he can be, and if he's healthy and can stay healthy, something he hasn't done yet because he missed games in each of the last two years. If he is what you and I, I think, think, I'll say that, you and I think he is, then I could see them finish in second because they have, in my opinion, the, one of the two most dynamic pass catchers in the league. It's Josh Downs and Zay Flowers, the two most dynamic pass catchers in that league, in my opinion. They got a 1,000-yard running back coming back. They won six games last year without Phil and four and two with him in the game. And then they've got a, a tight end that I think is going to be – they got two tight ends that I think are going to be really good. And they got a lot of guys coming back on defense. And I really like their defensive coordinators. I studied their film, you know, as, as he was one of the guys that, that I believe, if my sources are correct, was one of the guys that Marcus Freeman was keying on. And I don't know if he interviewed, but they definitely talked from what I was told. Uh, and I have no clue how to pronounce his, his name, so I'm not even going to try. But you got him and Jeff Halfley are two really good defensive minds they're going to be schemed well on defense. It's just, do they have any players? That's going to be the question. But if the O-line can get, just be solid, then then I think, be, and Phil Dracovic is who you and I think he can be, then, then they're going to outplay our expectations because they can beat Virginia Tech on the road. They can beat Florida State on the road. They can beat Clemson at home. They can beat Wake Forest and NC State on the road. Not that they're going to beat all of them, but they're capable of beating every team on their schedule, including Notre Dame and Notre Dame, although I would say that's the toughest matchup for them of the season because it's on yeah. the road. Because just for lots of reasons. Yeah. But anyway, that's the wild card for me. I could see them finishing second. I could see them – I have them fourth. I didn't feel good about having them fourth. It really just came down to the schedule. Yeah. But it, it it's all going to come down to Phil Dracovic being what we think he is. If he's not, then they'll be fourth. If he is who I think he is and who you think I think who you think he is, then I could see this team jumping up. That's that's my that's my that's where I am with Boston College at this point in time. Yeah, you're talking about DC Tim Lakabu. I think he pretty much was the star. Like if you watched Boston College games last year with the lack of pass rush. And just the way they played, schemed very there, well. There were a lot of people that were very impressed yeah. with him, and I'm not shocked that he had a conversation yeah. on the DC DC job open for Notre Dame. But like, yeah, that is, you know, that's just a team. And college football is really with teams like that. It's like a two game swing. Their season swings on one or two games. Yep, like you can go in this direction. It can go in that direction. They're dangerous. They have offensive weapons, good coaching on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. John McNulty is a good coach. Yeah. I mean, he was the OC for Rutgers one year when they won 10 games. Yeah. I mean, he's a good football coach. He did a nice yeah. job in Notre Dame. Yeah. He did. He was somebody that Tommy Reese had a lot of trust in, a lot of faith in to listen to. Yeah. 
So yeah, BC is a tough team. And then uh, five, six, and seven is it? Louis- Wake, Louisville, Syracuse yeah. for you. You have Wake yeah. and uh, I mean Wake, Louisville, Syracuse. Are we? So really, it's just three and four is really the only ones that we're kind of. That's it. And I've been back and forth myself. Let's go coastal, Sean. Let's do it. This is one that I. This is the one I had the hardest time. Even the number one team. I I have Miami one, but it's not like I'm like. Like we were confident, comfortable putting Bama and Georgia number one yeah. in those divisions, right? Like we were comfortable putting Ohio State. I think the two divisions in in college football of the teams that actually have divisions, the Big Twelve does. The two divisions that I'm having the hardest time with are the ACC Coastal and the Big Ten West. Those are the two that I'm having the hardest time with. I went Miami one because I think at the end of the day, as I look through that division, they've got the best quarterback. And the one thing I know about Mario Cristobal his teams are going to be physical. Like his offense is going to be physical anyway. And, and so they were my one. And I think their schedule also to me, Sean, too, also kind of, it's a, it's a schedule that I think works for them. You know, they're they get North Carolina at home. They get Florida state at home and they get Pitt at home. They got to play at Clemson, but their other road games are at Georgia tech at Virginia, who I think is going to really struggle this year. And then at Virginia Tech, which is going to be a, a battle, but they get like they got Duke at home. Like I think there's, I think their schedule. They don't play. They don't have to play NC State. There, there's no NC State crossover game for them, and there's no Boston College crossover game for them. So I, you know, um, I'm sorry, not Florida State, uh, NC State. Did I say Florida State or NC State? I meant to say NC State. There's no NC State crossover, and there's no Boston College crossover. So I think the schedule also is a reason. And Miami had players last year. They just weren't coach worth a darn. I mean, this Mario, Mario Diaz is just – Manny Diaz is just not a good coach, in my opinion. Yeah. He's yeah. always been an overrated defensive coordinator. He wasn't a very good head coach. They had no discipline whatsoever. I mean, they lost several games. They had no business losing last year, Sean. Yeah, yeah. And I just think just from a toughness standpoint alone, I think Mario Cristobal does enough to make them the, the team to beat in the East. because Or in the East, the Coastal. Because I am not a believer in Pitt. So I got Miami one. I got Carolina two. I have actually have Virginia Tech three. I really like the team they have coming back. I thought the Virginia Tech should have won at least three more games last year based on their talent. I've got Pitt four because they were a Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison team last year. And they're both gone. Mark Whipple's gone, the offensive coordinator for that team. And with all due respect, I'm not a Keaton Slovis fan. He went four and eight with the USC team around him. He's not, you know, I just don't see Pitt being that team. I got Georgia Tech five, and that's because they lost a lot from last year. They have a lot of transfers that are going into their second year there. Like Kenyatta Watson. I've heard Derek Allen's having a good fall camp. Uh, Miles Sims that transferred from Michigan in the secondary. He was another highly ranked kid. I think, but I think it's more about, I just, that's how bad I think Virginia and Duke are going to be this year. So I have Duke six and Virginia seven. Now Duke's Virginia's going to score some points because Brandon Armstrong's got some really good weapons around him. Yeah, but their offensive line is terrible, <laughs> terrible, and their only good returning offensive lineman transferred to Michigan. The center transferred yeah. to Michigan, and their defense is terrible. And I have I don't know what to expect from Tony. It's hard for me to be too far. Like I think Tony Elliott's eventually going to do a good job there. But I just I can't jump on that bandwagon yet because of how bad of a job he did last year. Yeah. And you're trying to beat George by running Q power with DJ Uwe Younglele. Like, what are you doing? Right. He just did a really bad job with that he team last year. Did. Yeah. And he doesn't return a I mean he 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 lose lost a lot from I mean, again, there's some weapons on the perimeter. I love Wicks, I love Brandon Armstrong, but man, like I mean. He, he doesn't, he's not having more talent than when he had at Clemson last year, and that was a hot mess. Yeah. You know, so I think Virginia's going to struggle, and I, Mike Elko is stepping into a really rough situation. I think he's going to turn it around because he's going to recruit, and he's a heck of a coach, but it's going to take him a minute to get that thing going, in my opinion. So that's my coastal. So Miami, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Duke. That's my that's my seven. So what I say you, Sean? I would agree with that, and I'm I'm happy you moved North Carolina up because I just really believe the quarterback situation is going to be key there too. Yeah, who wins that job? Yeah, yeah that's that's very yeah. important. Look, I think Zach Rice is going to be a stud at tackle for them. That was a huge win in recruiting. Yeah, to get him, he's got the best receiver in the conference too. Yeah, you know? and this surprisingly. 
think they're going to have one of the best defensive back combos in the conference. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think their front seven's better than what – I mean, I think their front seven has some good players in it. Yeah. They just were schemed for crap. You know what I mean? Um, You know, I mean, here's the only thing that held me back. Losing British Brooks of the season, their starting running back, was a blow. That was a big blow. Like, that hurts. Yeah. But I'll say this. I think the run game is somewhat scheme-driven. Yeah. Meaning – if you've got studs like they had two years ago, your run game is going to be unbelievable. Right. But to a degree, like Ty Chandler to me is not as good as his number showed last year because a lot of it's scheme driven. That's why I also think they need to start Jacoby Chriswell because I think he could take some of the pressure. I think I think if Drake, if it was a legitimate Drake, a battle between Drake May and Jacoby Chriswell, and last I checked, they're both healthy and still battling. As of a couple days ago, they're both still in the battle. Drake May is a pass, a little bit more of a pass. I mean, he's a good athlete, but he's a bit more of a passer where Chriswell is more of a dual threat guy. He can throw, but he also can run a little bit. And they've got yeah. a freshman coming in too that I really liked. He was one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the country last year. But I would have been okay going with Drake May if British Brooks was healthy. Because you'd have a good running back. You need a guy that can run the offense, get the ball to Josh Downs, get the ball yeah. to the other receivers. Yeah. I feel like without British Brooks, they may need that that dual threat ability a little bit more from Chriswell as a runner. That's kind of where I'm at, Sean. I don't know if it's going to impact the quarterback battle, but that's kind of where I'm at. With I, I see. I see what you're saying. It. It. Yeah. It actually opens things opens things up a little more. Yeah. For them, if he does win the starting job, I don't know how. I, I don't know how good is how good is going to be for him when they face Notre Dame. <laughs> Because yeah, it's not like they're about to line up yeah. and just run quarterback power right against Notre Dame. They're gonna have to be able to diversify, spread the ball out, get to Josh Downs and some of the other skilled guys. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. North Carolina, I'm glad you moved them up. I, I, yeah. I agree with everything you said there. I thought they were overrated last year. Yeah. I think they're being yeah. underrated this year. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. And I, you know, I think their schedule sets up, I think, relatively well as also. Um, they get Pitt at home. They get George, Virginia Tech at home. They get Georgia Tech. You know, they get, uh, excuse me, they get um, who's it, uh, Georgia Tech at home. They get NC State at home. They have a couple tough road games. They, you know, they play Miami on the road, but their other road games are Duke, Virginia, and Wake Forest. Yeah, you know, we don't know what's going on with Sam Howell, yeah. Sam Hartman. Right. But even if that's going to be a tough game, even if Sam Hartman's back, you know, out. But at, at Miami's, they're toughest. But other than that, I mean, you got Duke. I just think literally the two of the three worst teams in the conference they got on the road this year. Those are winnable if, games. If I'm not for North mistaken, Carolina. didn't they give? I know for sure they gave North Carolina State all they can handle in that matchup. Yeah, North Carolina it was, State had it was to thirty-four to thirty. Game. Yeah, they yeah, had thirty-four. To I think they played Wake Forest well for a little while. Yeah, as yeah. well. So yep. it was uh, fifty-eight fifty-five. Yeah, year. so. Yeah. And, and and North Carolina had a big lead. Wake Forest had to come back. Come and, back in that game. I, I mean, they lost that. at Pitt in overtime. Yeah, if you remember that. I mean, they were right. a, you know, they they lost by the, the bad the bad loss for them was the was the Georgia Tech loss. That yeah. was a terrible, terrible loss. That Georgia but, Tech team was yeah. They lost to Virginia Tech by a touchdown and played terrible. Uh, they the lost by ten. The yeah, they that lost by ten. To, yeah, yeah. Then they have a lead against Florida State and then lost by ten. But they were yeah. up early. Yeah. Like they were not, they were close to being. I mean, they blew out Duke, blew out Virginia, beat Miami in a shootout, uh, beat Wake. No, they beat Wake Forest last year. I'm sorry, they didn't. Not, they yeah, they beat Wake Forest last year, uh, and then uh, lost a pit in overtime. And if you remember that, that was a pouring down rain game. Uh, and, and Sam Howell was just a, a warrior that game. And then they yeah. lost at NC State by four in a game. I believe they had a fourth quarter lead. Yeah. Uh, and I think I could be confusing that with another year. Now I'm now I'm kind of doubting myself. So I know just... for sure they were up ten in the third quarter. Yeah, in that game. Yeah, I thought they had a fourth quarter. Yes, uh, they did because they got outscored thirteen to six in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So yes, they 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 did. They uh, NC State scored. Oh, that's right. NC State scored twice in the final two minutes. Yes. They were up 30 to 21 with a minute 35 NC State scored. And then they got the, I think they, they didn't get the onside kick. NC, I'm trying to remember what happened. I can't remember how that game finished, but I remember being a wild finish. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it was a, just a game they had no business losing, in my opinion. So I just think they, they did all that because of how bad their defense was. It's kind of like 
the Notre Dame team in 2016. That's who North Carolina reminded me of last year. Wasted offensive talent because your defense was terribly coached. Yeah, they make they make a hire now. I don't know if Gene Chizik is as good of a coach as Mike Elko was for Notre Dame, but they're going to turn that thing around. And they weren't as bad as Notre Dame was in 2016. Right. You remember Notre Dame that year lost to three and nine Michigan State, four and eight Duke at home in a game yeah. they led 14 to nothing. Like they lost yeah. to some, they lost Man. to Texas who went five and seven that year. Yeah. They lost to Navy. I mean, they lost to some bad football teams that year. And I feel like Georgia, North Carolina lost to some good football teams last year. The only bad loss they had to me was the Florida State losing to Florida State at home. Uh, you know, as far as just like losing to a bad team, you could argue the Virginia Tech game wasn't pretty either. I'd be fine, but they lost at Virginia Tech by a yeah. touchdown. Well, Notre yeah. Dame was an eleven and one team last year, and they needed uh, to come back from you know nine down or eight down to you know to tie Virginia Tech as to beat Virginia Tech as well. So, but I uh, I think North Carolina too. So who who do you have? See, this is where it gets interesting, Sean. Who do you have after Carolina too? You know what? I had to really think about this one, but I'm going to go ahead and go. I shouldn't, but I'm going to go. You see, it was between Pitt and Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. right? I think Pitt is underrated mm-hmm. with what they're bringing back defensively, specifically on the defensive line. And I respect, I actually respect Paul, not actually. I don't want to make it seem like, let me, I respect Paul Chris. Okay. Not Paul, Pat Narduzzi. Uh, Pat Narduzzi, yes. Yeah. I, I respect Pat Narduzzi. So um, I always get because he was there first and then with the Wisconsin. I, got you. I always respect Pat Narduzzi. And I'm going to take culture mm-hmm. and trust the culture that's been sure. established and say Pitt is good enough. They take a step back, but they're good enough to grab that third spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I, yeah. get, I mean, I, I can see I, that. Yeah, I, I think – and then Virginia Tech, I totally agree with what you said. Mm-hmm. Like, Virginia Tech, pretty much two, three, and four are teams that, like we said, they had opportunities to win games last year that they shouldn't have lost. Had no Virginia Tech had no business losing to Notre Dame. Nope. They had no business losing that game. And you could say that about several games. Yeah. They should have beat West Virginia at West Virginia. That you know, they shouldn't they lost at home to Syracuse by five. I mean, yes, you're correct. They lost several games last year. They had no business losing. Had no business losing. So, you know, new staff, new vision. Same good players, though. Right. Same good players. So yep. yep. And the, you know, they, they return a lot on defense. I yep. think that's the side of the ball where I thought they underachieved the most. Uh, you know, I remember early in the offseason, I was talking about how much I really like this Marshall team. And the reason I really like this Marshall team is because they had one of the better quarterback running back duos that they had. Well, then I found out that 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 Ryan told me that their quarterback transferred to Virginia Tech, Grant Wells. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll I, I Braxton Burmeister was a good athlete. He was not a quarterback. No, he could run. And that's all he did against Notre Dame. He just ran. Tough as nails. I'll yeah, give him that. But he can't. He's not. He's not. It's not a passer for me. Yeah. He's not a quarterback. Yeah, and you could have had Pendon Hurt Hooker. Like, what an idiot, Justin! I shouldn't say that. That's not nice. But he just wasted that kid. It's like every time he'd play, they'd win, and he'd play right. well, and then he'd bench him for somebody else who couldn't play, uh, Braxton Burmeister, Quincy Patterson, or whoever else. Right? It just made no sense what he was trying to do. But I like Grant Wells. They they return athletes. They got at least three. They got three or they got three starters coming back on the offensive line, and a couple other kids that have played. Mm-hmm. They got a lot coming back in their front seven. Now, that's a similar case to what you could say for Pitt, Sean. I mean, that's the thing about Pitt is I'm down on Pitt because I think they were a little bit smoke and mirrors last year. Yeah, I think the schedule worked out nicely for them last year, and I think they had the you know great quarterback-receiver combination that's gone. The OC's gone. But they return, I think, what, like all five starters along their offensive line? Yeah. They return six, like, like think, what, five or six of their front seven, to your point. So I get what you're saying about Pitt. I just feel like they 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 played a little, you know, over their skis last year. You know, yeah. I mean, this is a team that, you know, like what went eight and five the year before, yeah. six and five the year before, eight and five the year before that, seven and seven the year before that. But the year they went seven to seven, they won the coastal. I mean, that's the thing is, but I just think the coastal's a little better this year. So that's why I have them fourth. But if they finish third, to your point, 
I would not be shocked, just like I don't think you'd be shocked if Virginia Tech finishes third. I think they're two quality football teams that are going to be jockeying position. And for me, what it came down to was, I think, the schedule. It just sets up a little bit more favorably for for Virginia Tech than it does Pitt, and I have more faith in Grant Wells as a quarterback than I do Keaton Slovis. That's my thing. That's kind of where I come from. I'm all for that. I can yeah. rock with that. I can. Rock and then, with that. what about five? You got so Virginia. So, so we got the same four teams, just not the same order. We right. have the same bottom three teams. What's your order though with Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Duke? I'm going to go Virginia, Duke, Georgia Tech. Virginia, Duke, Georgia. So that basically means if if what you say is correct, Jeff Collins is not the head coach by the end of the season. I don't anticipate that he will be. I don't think that's out of out of have line. No faith, have yeah. no faith at all. My him them having them fifth, I do like quit Chip Long as an offensive yeah. coordinator, but he hired a terrible receivers coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to go there. You know, I had to go there. Was that Chip looking out? Was that Chip yes. looking out? Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, uh, and then, but it's more about just Virginia and Duke. But I just think Virginia Duke are going to struggle. No, if he didn't like what he had in the Notre Dame wide receiver room, oh boy, Woo. boy, oh boy, just a bunch of role players, a bunch <laughs> of role players. Oh my goodness, gotta gotta go recruit him some half nerds at uh, old Georgia Tech. He, he, he's probably calling back to South Bend, like you yeah. know what? I didn't know what I had. <laughs> if I'd known then, I'd known what then, I know then. now. Yeah, you wasted it. Anyway, so you go Virginia, Duke, Georgia Tech. I'll tell you what, if Mike Elko can keep can keep that team out of the cellar in his first year, that'll be a successful coaching season, in my view. Yeah. Like, and I'll be I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm rooting for Mike Elko. Mike Elko is one of the, mo- the more decent people I've met in coaching. Yeah. He's like a genuinely decent man. And he's a good football coach. I mean, he really is a good football coach. They were just so bad last year, Sean. They I mean, their, their wins were over North Carolina A&T, Northwestern, and Kansas, who are awful. They <sighs> lost to Charlotte. North Carolina beat them 38-7. to They lost at home to Georgia Tech, who stunk. There was 11,000 people at that game. That's so embarrassing. Then they got beat 48-0 at Virginia, 45-7 at Wake Forest, 54-29 at home against Pitt, 48-17 at Virginia Tech, 62-22 against Louisville at home with 8,000 people in the stands, and then lost 47-10 against Miami. They were – I mean, they weren't even – not only were they 3-9, and nine, they just weren't competitive. I mean, the only – if I'm – yeah, they had two games that were within 10 points. Well, actually within even more than that. Let's see here. What was their next closest game? Was that's 37, 40, 31, 25. So they only had two of their losses were, were less than 25-point losses, and those were at Charlotte and home against Georgia Tech, who also sucked last year. Mm. Charlotte, Sean, went 5-7. and seven. It's not like they lost to Coastal Carolina right, or right, App right. State. They lost right. to Charlotte, who went 5-7 and seven last year. Like, did they you, were terrible. Did you say Duke beat Northwestern? Yes. Oof. And Kansas. Oof. Yep. Can we get rid of Pat, Pat Fitzgerald? I mean, hey, he's like floating on heavenly clouds now, man. Did you see that that tweet that they put out today? Yes. Somebody was like, did he pass away or something? Like, y'all make it look like the man ascended to heaven. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah. He is – I know what. I know why. I mean, the guy won back-to-back right. back Big Ten sure. championships as a linebacker. Like, didn't, he I, win I, the, I didn't he win the Buckus twice? Yes. Yeah. I think so. So, I get it. He is – Beloved, sure, in Evanston, so he probably can like walk away whenever he gets ready, sure. But they lost, they lost to last year, they lost to Duke last year, they they lost to Nebraska 56 to 7. Here's who they beat last year Indiana State, Ohio, who lost their head coach before the season, and Rutgers. Hmm. They were another team that weren't competitive. They lost to Michigan State by 17, did lose to Duke by seven. Lost by 49, but to Nebraska, 30, 26 to Michigan, 27 to Minnesota, 5 to, to Iowa at home, 28 to Wisconsin, 28 to Purdue. No, I'm sorry. That would be 
Yeah, tw- no, yeah. Hold on a second. What would be 18 to Purdue, and they lost 47 to 14, 33 points to Illinois. They weren't even competitive. So, and I got to say, I know that he's loved at Northwestern. I can't stand the guy. No. So, I thoroughly enjoy watching Northwestern getting their face beat oh, in every boy. week. There's no doubt about that. Another so, season for my guy. Shout out to my guy Dave in it who does radio for the Wildcats. He's a he's a legend, but that's just a tough <laughs> that's a tough season for that man. So let's go here, Sean. Let's go uh, conference championship game: Clemson versus Miami. Who yeah. do you have? Oh, Clemson. And is it competitive? Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think, I think yeah. you start to see the the rain alone up yeah. top because last year. It's like Pitt was a one-off. Right. I don't think they're going to be the team that like elevates. Right. To really challenge Clemson, but I think Miami like gets there and just doesn't have enough for a full sixty to hang with Clemson. Because by the, I fully expect now. This is me like really, you know, predicting the future. By that time, I fully expect K. Klubnik to have gotten the reins of the offense and for things to take off for them offensively yep. or to improve. So I think that's going to be the difference. But other than that, yeah, Miami is going to take them maybe another recruiting class or two and finding the right. Cause I, I don't know how much I would be interested in hearing what Ryan has to say. I don't know how much I believe in Van Dyke really. Yeah. I, I like him. I like him. He's got to show me he can win. Yeah. Right. But he's got some ability. I do. Yeah. I, like there were some games last year that I just, I looked at him playing. It's like, you know, that kid, that kid's really balling. Yeah. You know, I watched him at the, yeah. the Michigan state game was the first game that I really locked in. And I was like, uh, iffy on him a little bit. And then I forget. Well, he didn't even was- play. He didn't play against Michigan state last year. So you're thinking of the other guy. He didn't play against Michigan State last year. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But so it was a game in the middle of the season that you're, you're, I watched. They yeah. were on the road. North Carolina. Yes. He was bad. Yes. Yeah, he was And bad. I was like, oh. But then I watched yeah. another game, and I was like, okay. Because at that quarterback position, if you see a guy fight. Yeah. Like, isn't that what made us love Brady Quinn? Right. His freshman year? Yep. Like, yo, he's getting pummeled. He's yep. looking bad, but this kid, he keeps coming he back. Fights. He's fighting. Yep. He's fighting. Yep. And when you have that trait as a quarterback, you're like, okay, he, mm-hmm. he's going to be okay. Yep. So you're right. You're right. And I got that feeling from him. Like, even though he's struggling, he's fighting. And I think he's going to be okay. But I, like you said, I want to see if he can win the big games, get into big moments, make big plays, and that's going to, that's going to be a true test for him this season. Here's why I like Van Dyke. I'm not even in the hole. Oh, he's a top ten NFL draft pick. So I'm just going what he was as a college football player. Yeah, he was terrible against Virginia. Terrible. They had no business losing that game at home. And even then, still having a position to win if their field goal kicker doesn't shank it off the upright at the end of the game, they win the game still. Yeah. Right. And then later in the year, he played really bad at Florida State in a game that they lost. He threw four touchdown passes, but he he threw in 316 yards, but he only averaged 6.7 yards per attempt because he threw 47 passes and he threw two picks. And that's those picks cost him that game. But here's why I like Van Dyke. The week after, he plays like garbage against North Carolina, and I think pretty much cost them a game, a game they lost by three. That next week he goes out against NC State and that defense and goes 25 of 33 for 325 yards and four touchdowns in a win over NC State. And then the next week goes on the road, goes 32 of 42 against Kenny Pickett at Pitt, goes 32 of 42 for 426 yards and three touchdowns. And then he was kind of okay against Georgia Tech. He was good and productive against Georgia Tech, but they stunk. Then he goes on the road and he plays bad against Florida State. Bounces back the next week against Virginia Tech, goes 19 to 33, 357 yards, three touchdowns. And then at Duke, he shreds Duke. They stink, right? But every he had two bad games, and in both games, he bounced back with great performances that next week. Yeah. That tells me something about a quarterback. I cost my team a game. I'm not only gonna, I'm gonna go out next week and I'm gonna battle. He outplayed Devin Leary in a win, and he outplayed Kenny Pickett in a win. 
And that right, and that came after his two worst games in both games. Yeah. And that showed me a little something about the kid. It showed me he's got some moxie, shows me he's got some competitiveness to him. You know, he it shows me he's a kid that's like, you know, it's gonna have a little bit. He's got kind of he's a northeastern kid. So he's got a little bit of that northeastern like toughness to him, Sean. He's a Connecticut kid. You know, so I, I was impressed with them with Tyler Van Dyke. I don't get into the whole, you know, what's his draft gonna be and all this other kind of stuff, but I think the kid is a good football player and he's gonna have weapons around him, right? The offensive line should be pretty good this year, you know, better at least with Mario Cristobal. And bringing coach Alex was huge. He's one of the best line coaches in the business. Mm. Bringing him with him from Oregon was a great hire. So I, you know, I I think that's why I have them. That's why I have them there. They're definitely the most dangerous program in the ACC moving yeah. forward. Like, I think there's two. I think them and North Carolina both. Yeah, are there two? Because he, yeah. I can tell you the, it's the same thing, which is incredible, right? Because I think. In some capacity, Ed Reed is actually on the staff or was under Manny Diaz, like player development or something like that. He has some position that he's continued on the Mario Cristobal. But I can tell you that there were players that had not been back. Yeah. And now the, the vibe around the program has totally changed, similar to like Notre Dame. And what's transpired with Marcus Freeman? Because one of their own is back at the helm. And he really understands how, number one, to recruit. Do you think he underperformed at at Oregon? No, I don't. Um, No, I don't. I think, number one, I think that (sighs) – you know, I think for me, Sean, I have a couple ways to look at. It. Number one is he was not a great fit there from a recruiting standpoint. Like he was not a he's a mm. he's a he's a southeastern head coach of Florida International, played mm. in Miami, coached right. Alabama. He went out to Oregon, and and to me, you know, he was the OC for a year. He had a lot to turn. He had a lot to turn over, yeah. in my opinion. Like he had a lot to fix there. You know, Willie Taggart left that place in a bit of a weird spot. You know, his one year there was just worthless. Mark Helfrich had kind of run the program into the ground. I mean, his, the year before he shot, showed up as the OC, they were four and eight. Yeah. And, and then they go seven and six under Willie Taggart. And then he's got to turn it around. And, you know, I, I thought that last year, I think the COVID year really stunted Oregon's development as a program because they were coming off of a 12 and two year. They did lose Justin Herbert, but they had a lot of talent coming back. And then the COVID year happens and it just kind of all gets weird and falls apart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and they lo- like lose their last two games. They lose the, the, they had the quarterback situation was a mess. Panay Sewell sat out. They had a couple other guys sit out. Yeah. You know, they, they, they go four and one play USC in the Pac-12 title game, get beat. Then they go to the yeah. Fiesta bowl, get beat. They had, you know, no business being in the flipping Fiesta bowl. They were four and two football team. Like what the heck are they playing in the Fiesta bowl for, <laughs> you know, get beat by Iowa state should have been there. I'm sorry, they beat USC. I'm sorry, I forget. They beat USC. And and, and then lose it to Iowa State. And then last year, like they were really cruising, and they just had some weird things happen. Like, number one, you know, the day of the game, Joe Moorhead gets rushed to the hospital with a health problem. They lose to Stanford that day. And then for whatever reason, and it, this is the only thing that kind of makes me – like the only reservation I have about Mark Cristobal is his teams at Oregon were always built on toughness. Yeah. But when they played Utah, they got punked twice. And st- well, not him, but Oregon's right. always been that right. team. Right. It used to be Stanford. Well, and that's why like, around, I don't right? fault him for that because like that was a different coach. But like he built himself up on like Chip was about speed and all this. Yeah. He's built his team on toughness, power football. I thought he made some good coaching hires and things like that. But then you go out against Oregon and twice you get not only beat, but you get punked. Yeah. I mean, Oregon beat them 38 to seven and then they played them two weeks later and you're thinking, oh, okay, they're going to, they're going to bounce back and they're not going to let that happen to them again. And the same Same thing thing happened to them. Like they, they got, they they didn't just get beach on. They got embarrassed. I mean, they got physically got their butts kicked. And look, I know Utah's a good football team, but the Oregon games makes people think Utah's better than they actually are. In my opinion. 
And and that's why I'm not like I'm not riding the Utah bandwagon this year like a lot of other people are, because I think that was more about Oregon. I mean, this is still the same team that lost back to back games to BYU and San Diego State last year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just they lost at Oregon State last year. The Pac-12 stunk, but they just physically beat up Oregon twice and Oregon could do nothing about it. And that yeah. that was a red flag for me with Mario, with Coach Cristobal. But I kind of think at that point in time, I kind of feel like he already knew he was gone, you know, uh, and, um, you know, that's just 100% projection on my opinion, just 100% projection on my opinion. But, you know, I just – I think he inherits talent. I think yeah. he has a bad culture. Miami had a terrible culture under Manny Diaz, terrible yeah. culture under Manny Diaz. Yeah. No discipline, no toughness, no physical toughness. Look, when you lack physical toughness, you're going to lack mental toughness. It's just it's just how football works. Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt about Manny Diaz's team. So, Sean, I do believe that they're going to be uh, their team on the rise. They're yeah. recruiting really well right now. Uh, I think Jade, if if Jaden Rashada can be the quarterback, if he can reach his full potential, I think that's a big one because he's very he's raw as heck. Yeah, but he's I mean he might have one of the two highest ceilings at quarterback in this entire class. Yeah, I mean he's got an incredibly, and they're recruiting well in the trenches, which is big. And they got Jaden Wayne, who's a big time defensive end from Washington. They got that five star kid from IMG on the offensive line. You know, I think he's recruiting well. Got Jackson Howard, a defensive end from Minnesota. No, I actually went to LSU. Actually, now that I think about it, so I just I don't know, Sean. I just kind of feel like, you know, he's got a chance to to be to do well. Now, here's my only question. I have a big red flag about his first defensive coordinator hires. <laughs> he has Kevin Steele and Charlie Strong as his co-coordinators. Yeah. Now, Charlie Strong hasn't coached a good defense in a long time, and that's a guy that wow. used to be a great defensive coach, right? But yeah. sometimes the game passes you by. Bob Diaco never adjusted to the modern game, and that's why he went from 2012 Notre Dame to you know, what he's been in his last few stops. Yeah. And and not only that, but it wasn't just 2012. Notre Dame finished in the top 25 in scoring defense each of Brian of Bob Bob Diaco's first three years at Notre Dame, and that was inheriting a defense that couldn't stop me, you, Ryan, Vincent, Sean, and some other dudes. Like you know what I mean? Like that they were terrible under Charlie. I'm open. <laughs> so he did a really nice job, but he's still trying to run that same defense that worked back then. Now and yeah. it just doesn't work. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel about Coach Strong. I feel like he made recruiting hires to run his defense, not coaching hires to run his defense. Kevin Steele's a great recruiter. Yeah. He's always been a very mediocre defensive coordinator, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's my only has I thought the Josh Gaddis hire was a good one. Not great, but a good one. Uh, again, I, I think Alex Maribel is a great offensive line coach. I think he's made some good position coach hires. I just really question the to the coordinator hires for him. That's yeah, my only we'll that. only red flag. But it could just be a thing where he's like, look, we don't have the talent to compete for a championship. So let me get these two cats to come in and recruit for a couple of years. And if they can't get it done, then I go hire another defensive coordinator who gets right. a benefit from the recruiting that these guys can do. I mean, that's not actually – if that is if that is what was going through his head, and again, that's me projecting my thoughts onto him, justifying yeah. those hires. If That's actually kind of smart. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? When you like, think about it, yeah. Let me get – and then I'll go hire a Jim Knowles type of guy in a couple of years that could just inherit a really talented roster. I'm not saying Jim Knowles. I'm just saying like a veteran coach oh, who's just not yeah. a recruiter but more of a – he can coach. Yeah. You know, that kind of guy and then go from there. So I could I could see that. I could so see it's that. It's hard to attract top echelon guys to that program yes, right now. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Which, again, oh, it's the you. It's not, it's not though. No. It's not. Yeah. It's not that you. It's not what it used to be for a, a lot of different reasons. Not a lot of different reasons. So, Sean, we have Clemson winning the ACC over Miami. Mm-hmm. Yep. Prediction for Player of the Year. Hmm. I, I kind of feel like if Miami's in the championship game, I kind of have to lean towards Tyler Van Dyke. But I think that uh, I, I think I'm that not... go, go ahead. ahead. I think that one of the Clemson defensive linemen. Or Devin Leary could give him a run for his money. I was going to say Devin Leary, but yeah. I am also going to go to, you know what? I like the Simpson kid at the linebacker position. Yeah. And, but I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to do a dark horse. I'm going to say Will Shipley. 
Okay. Interesting. So you're saying if Clemson bounces back, it's because their ground game is going to get going and Wilson have a big year. And he'll make some plays in the pass game as well. Yeah. Interesting. He's a good player. Very good player. I can see that. It's an interesting one. So, Sean, that's going to do it for the ACC predictions for today. And that's we're going to go to uh, just a quick mailbag next. We do have some good questions we want to get to, so we're going to get to those as quickly as possible. Uh, but before we do get to the mailbag, please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. We're going to put this video, we're going to cut it up and put it on our CFB Nation channel, uh, So you'll uh, podcast-wise and our YouTube channel. So if you haven't signed up to our CFB Nation podcast, you can listen. You can uh, There's a link to on Apple Apple Podcasts and Spotify, mm-hmm. and then of course the YouTube channel CFB Nation, red, white, and blue logo. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, uh, it's on top of our Irish Breakdown podcast. happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com